What makes something real? Is it when we see it, clear as day, in tangible form right in front of us? Or do you just have to believe in it? In this podcast, we'll dive into the happenings of the house on 38th Street in Austin, Texas, and what happens when the paranormal becomes a reality. Because, after all, who doesn't love a good scary story? I'm Sophie Henry, and this is Don't Open the Door. by Landing Line. Landing Line is a website builder where you can create web pages with total creative freedom. This means you can use a template or start completely from scratch. Create something unique to you that will help you develop a personal brand and let you tell your own story. Best of all, it can be integrated with Facebook, Google Analytics, and MailChimp, just to name a few. So visit landingline.com to sign up for free and start telling your story. This episode, I sat down with Kevin Coleman, or better known as Chief, who is the case manager for the Paranormal Society of New Orleans. We met at a coffee shop in Uptown on a Friday with the chaos of people starting their weekend and walking their dogs, hanging out with their kids, lots of chatter going on. After an experience at a relative's house, Chief's life was changed forever. He started investigating in 2001 and has been doing so for the last 17 years. This episode of Don't Open the Door begins now. Hi, I am. My name is Kevin Chief Coleman. I am the case manager for the Paranormal Society of New Orleans. Uh, been in the city of New Orleans all my life. Uh, 53 years old, married, no children, four dogs. Okay. Five if you count the wife. Okay. And um, so what prompted you to get involved in the paranormal? How to get involved in the paranormal, okay. Yeah. Like most people, for many, many years, I was scared to death of anything to do with anything that jumped out at you in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. okay? Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I had an experience at a relative's house. We had a, uh, had a cousin's boyfriend who hung himself in the house. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, they said he was in there and of course, nobody believed it. Well, I had a couple. I had an experience one night that changed my mind forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had actually went to the house when they were out of town to water her plants for her, and she had given me the code to her alarm system. And I went in the house with the wife, and she went off the water, and I went to the keypad to shut the alarm off, and the keypad was in the laundry room between the kitchen and the garage, and the gentleman had hung himself in the garage. Well, I was in there, and I'm trying to turn the alarm off, and it's not going off and I'm pushing the buttons and I'm pushing the buttons and I'm nothing coming off and all of a sudden the temperature in that room where I was at dropped so cold that I could see the smoke coming out of my breath and I'm getting nervous and then I felt something touch me on my neck at that point I left the wife and everybody in the house I walked out screaming and I never came back for six months and I said okay you're not usually a scary but what's going on here so then I started reading books, started getting involved, and I ended up doing some stuff on my own for a few years. We went back, we investigated the house, we got some interesting stuff out of there that uh, couldn't couldn't prove. And then I ended up hooking up with Chris Melanson, who is the founder of the Paranormal Society in the Wallens, and we've been a team ever since. Many investigations, many houses, many graveyards, seen things, heard things that would make the average person take off running and never come back. So that's, and here we are today, you know, still doing it, 
don't know why, but we're still doing it. <laughs> when I go and do an investigation, I go in and try to be as skeptical as I can and yeah. try to what we call debunk everything. I, I don't just walk in and if I hear noise, go, oh, it's paranormal. Well, mm-hmm. I want to know what made that noise and we'll do everything in our power to recreate it to say that it is or it isn't mm-hmm. before we say paranormal. As a paranormal group, all we're looking to do is go in and gather evidence and try to let the client know what's going on, who we think it is, whether we think it's dangerous or not. We can't remove a spirit. We don't do that. That's not mm-hmm. that's not us. If you're looking to cleanse a house, there's people we can call in that can cleanse houses. If we ever get in a situation where we feel it's very negative or, it's, or, or so we say de- demonic, we have a guy that uh, his name is Jeremy Leonard out of uh, Ponchatoula. He is called the Cajun Demonologist, and he is good. And we'll turn it over to him and get the hell out of there. Yeah. So that, you know, that's about it. So more oftentimes than not, is it usually something that can be explained or is it something paranormal? About 80% of the time it can be explained. And some of it may just simply be that we go into a house and find nothing except that the, a lot of these older houses have wiring in the walls that were were bare, okay? Mm -hmm. And the house puts off with a lot of what we call EMF, electromagnetic force. Mm Some people are very sensitive to electromagnetic force to the point where they hallucinate, uh, makes them nauseous, makes them hear things, see things that really aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we go in and catch a lot of high EMF and nothing happens, mm-hmm. and when I say nothing happens, no noises, nothing on command, we have a lot of gadgets we play with that can manipulate the electromagnetic field. If nothing triggers it, then we know that it's, that's all it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's no, yeah. That's about the best I can explain with that. But then again, if it's something that, you know, if, if we get like a, if you've ever watched the Ghost Hunters on TV or mm-hmm. the taps and all that, all the equipment they have, we have the same equipment. Okay. Same exact equipment. There's a little meter called a K2 meter. Mm-hmm. It's a little handheld device, and it's got lights that go from green, yellow, orange, all the way up to red. So if I have that sitting on the table and I say, is anybody with me, and it lights, okay, hold on a second, did that just happened or did it not happen okay to verify that you're with me can you light it up again if it lights again okay now we got somebody we're talking to now we can start answering simple questions if you're a male light it up if you're a female do nothing okay okay if nothing lights up okay so you say in your female if it lights up so you get like a baseline communication going. yeah so kind of like yes and okay no and, and that's that's our easiest way to kind of communicate unless we actually pick up a voice now a digital recorder a $30 digital recorder will pick up levels that you won't hear with your, ear, with, your, with your ears. You won't hear it. They're so sensitive if you buy one, put it on your kitchen table and walk to the other side of the room and just whisper. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, you'll hear yourself whisper. So this thing will pick up levels below anything. There's a lot of times we'll go back and analyze it and, oh, holy crap, did you hear that voice? Yeah. And then go back and say, we was asking questions and it was actually picking it up. On rare occasions, we hear what we call a disembodied voice, meaning everybody that's standing there hears it. Mm-hmm. That happened to us uh, about two years ago in the quarter, right across from Antoine's restaurant is a place called Cafe Soleil. Uh-huh. Cafe Soleil in the 1800s was an orphanage for colored children during the Civil War. And they had a lot of activity to ask us to come in. We went in there on a Tuesday night when they had no business, had the entire building to ourselves. The cook was having problems because she said that pots and pans were flying off while she was cooking. Scared the crap out of her and she was ready to leave. So we went in there and it was me, one of our team members who, he's no longer with us right now, but he was he was crippled so he was in a wheelchair. 
and we had the owner of the house with us, and I mean, owner of the restaurant. So there's three of us in this kitchen, and Mark had his camcorder on his shoulder, and he had a K2 meter, and I was just discussing with the lights in front of him, and he switches his camera to infrared so that we can pick up us in the dark, and he's asking, if you're with us, can you turn this light on? Can you, can you make it light up? Can you make it light up? And all of a sudden, we hear a voice from a little girl go, here? And we all, we all went, who was that? Did you say something? I mean, somebody spoke. But well, we hurry up and back the recorders up, because not only did we catch it on his camcorder, we caught it on all the, all the uh, digital recorders. The, qu the word here was in a question form, because right before she said here, you heard three taps on the microphone of the camera where the little red light was. We think she was retracted to the light of the camera. You hear, here? And we all heard it. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. We did also have a salt shaker top come flying up the steps at us. We were the only ones in the building. Came flying up. Everybody's, what the hell was that? You know? And the, uh, the little cook, she quit that night because it scared her so bad. She grabbed me and she channeled the uh, line from the Ghostbusters movie and said, I've seen them movies, take that thing out and suck it up. And it's like, no, baby, you watch too many movies. And she's like, the hell with y'all. And she ran down the stairs and they never seen her again. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so that's about it as far as what you can do. Yeah. So do you, do you get most like calls to come in places or do you also like pick places that you kind of want to go and go there? Well, it's kind of hard to pick places where you want to go because yeah. first off, nobody just lets you in their house, yeah. lets you in the buildings. <laughs> And you have to carry insurances to guarantee that nobody's going to get hurt. And a lot of times they want you to pay rent. And we don't, we don't like to fool with that. Yeah. Uh, we do residentials when they reach out to us. And they'll channel everything to me as a case manager because I'll dig into it a little deeper. Mm -hmm. And make sure that we fool them with an actual client and not some quack that's, oh, yeah, come on over. I got ghosts in my house. No, no, no. Yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta really funnel them out. Right now, however, we did team up with uh, French Quarter Phantoms. French Quarter Phantoms is a, a tour company in the quarter that takes people on walking tours. Mm -hmm. Well, they asked, we asked them, uh, Chris Malonson knew the lady that owns that, and they wanted to team up uh, to give people a ghost hunting experience. Oh, wow. So what we're doing now, they're selling tickets to the St. Vincent's Guest House, a magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's the hotel, but it's actually, a, it's more of a hostel. It's not a, it's kind of like if you, if you can afford a room, you can stay for a day, or you can stay for a month, or however long you want to stay. Mm -hmm. A recent... Uh, entrepreneur in the Wallens area, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, just paid like $53 million for this entire complex that he wants to wow. renovate next year into a five-star hotel. Now, St. Vincent's, what this was in the 1800s, it, was a, it turned into a infant asylum or a baby asylum, it's an orphanage. Back in the Civil War era, you had a lot of yellow fever running rampant in the Wallens. You had whole families getting wiped out, and you had kids that were left with no parents and they eventually became an orphanage for these kids there's an actual door on the side of uh magazine street where the nuns that ran it would get up in the middle of the night or in the morning and they would look out the window there was a door where they would drop the babies off so they would open the door and they'd look and see if they had some babies lined up in the, in the alleyway to take them in wow. so the place has is crawling with children uh children activity mm -hmm. so what we do now with french quarter phantoms is we Five nights a week, Wednesday through Sunday. I think it, I forget how much they charge now. I think it's like forty-nine dollars on for a two-hour tour, and we take them ghost hunting. We wow. put the tools in your hand. We let you be the ghost hunter. We teach you everything about it and, and see what happens. And it's very active. I mean, we've got we've identified a priest by the name of Paul. He talks to us all the time. We've identified a nun. She won't give us a name. 
and we've identified a few kids. We've had the, the uh, ping pong balls on the table roll right off, wow. just sitting there uh, playing with all the equipment. Took them a little while to get used to us, and now they love us. When we come in there, they haven't disappointed yet. Wow. And do you think certain people are more susceptible to experiencing paranormal activity? Yes. Uh -huh. Some people are very sensitive to the point of where you can actually call them a medium, or they yeah. was born with the, the, the term is born with the veil. They can mm -hmm. talk to the dead, see the dead. I don't like that when I'm ghost hunting. I don't want that person there because mm -hmm. you tend to, what do you think? What do you think? You tend to yeah. drift from the subject and believe everything they say. So I don't like to bring them in until we don't know anything. Mm -hmm turn them loose in the house and we don't tell them anything and we just and we don't even go in with them and let them go in and do that yeah. but yes there are some people that are more susceptible to the paranormal and some people that just don't get it yeah and do you think i i've like heard this kind of belief before but that construction kind of or like renovations kind of like absolutely you see what happens is a lot of times you have a spirit you have a haunting yeah and they're they maybe they died in their house or they were very attracted to their house or the building they lived in mm -hmm. okay they died they don't know they did you're walking around their house. They think you're dead. Mm -hmm. They're walking around. They're enjoying their house. You know, I bought this house. I like it, but I really don't like this wall. Let's tear this wall down and do something else. And as soon as you start messing with renovations, the activity suddenly jumps up. And like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? Yeah. My house is haunted. Why is it haunted? We need to get in touch with somebody. And they usually reach out and they find us. Or there's other teams in the walls. We're the biggest. We've been around the longest. Uh, and we go in and we see what we can find out. Yeah. And I know you said you tried to go into those situations, um, like, kind of like unbiased, but do you like look into the history at all? Of all the, the time. Okay. All the time. I always try to dig in as far as I can. Mm -hmm. We, before I do an investigation, I establish an email chain like I, like I did with you. Mm -hmm. And usually if it's a client's call, I'm asking, I want to know who died in the house, who didn't die in the house, relatives that died in the past. Mm -hmm. and just dig back as far as I can. Did you own a house from the beginning? No, you didn't. Okay, well, let's see. Let me go see if I can pull some records at the libraries and find out what happened there. Mm -hmm. Being a firefighter in New Orleans, I have a lot of contacts with a lot of police agencies, so I can always call and say, hey, such and such an address, look in your history books. Did anything happen there that okay. I need yeah. to know? You know, we can always dig back as far as we can. Mm -hmm. And so we go in there with the with idea of what we think it might be. Mm -hmm. But let's not let's not tunnel into that. Let's go make stuff happen, see what happens, and then see what we collect evidence-wise, and go back and look at what we invest, what we pulled up as far as uh, is looking into, and see if it if it matches in any kind of way. Yeah. And do you ever, once you're finished with the case, do you kind of like check back in and? I do. See? Okay. I do. We usually do. We usually call them a couple of months later and say, mm -hmm. "Hey, how's it doing? Did it tone down?" Because a lot of times we find that it's somebody that's a relative that's looking over them or looking close or or it's being overprotective, and we can tell them things, you know, look, it's your house. Mm -hmm. Tell them, get out, I don't want you here. You know, uh, that's the way it is. I recently purchased a new house a few years ago that I knew the own, the homeowner had passed away in. We had kidney cancer, we passed away in. When we first took over the keys to the house, walked in there, the air was real thick, and I'm like, something just don't seem right. Mm -hmm. Shortly after we were moving in, you'd sit there watching TV, and out the periphery corner eye, you'd see a guy walk down the hall, did you see that? Yeah, I thought I saw something. Did you see that? And I have a nephew that is really in tune, as we say, to the paranormal. He yeah. spent the night one night, and he told my, told my wife, I was, I was at the fire station. He told my wife, he said, Nanny, he said, can you close that, that door to that office? And she said, well, why, baby? She said, because that man keeps looking at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what I did shortly after that, I 
sent the wife out the house, sent everybody out the house, and I walked in one night and I said, okay, Mr. Anthony, here's the deal. I said, this was your house. I know it was your house, but now I live here. It's my house. You have passed on. So I'm not telling you you have to leave. You can stay, mm -hmm. but you can't scare nobody. Okay, if you want to hang around, that's fine, but no scaring nobody. And almost immediately, you felt the air in the house, just the heaviness just kind of lift. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen him for a long time. Wow. So he, he's moved on. I think he was there and he moved on. Yeah. And how common is it to see like an actual physical manifestation? That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, people see it all the time. I've seen shadows. Mm -hmm. I've, I've felt, I've been touched. I've been scratched. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been pushed. I have never seen a full body apparition. I've seen a mist. Okay. I've seen, you know, in, in shadows like that. Just not yet. No. I'm waiting for it, but not yet. Okay. And the day I see it, you'll probably hear it on the news. You know, white, yeah. white guy passes out, screams, running out of a house. It, it, it'll, it, it'll happen, but I mean. Yeah. And what does it tell you when you go into a house or a situation where, like, the spirit is violent? What does that tell you? Well, if you go in there and you start getting growls and and just people are being scratched and pushed and, and, and a lot of just deep down feeling like something's not right with you, you feel, you'll just feel yourself just get kind of like when you start getting angry people, it's like, hold on, this is a lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. This is not the paranormal society's thing. Yeah. Let's get Jeremy on the line. Let's hook up with Jeremy. You got a place to stay. I suggest you don't stay here. Mm -hmm. Let's get him in and let's get it done. Okay. okay. But it's not always demonic. Sometimes you'll have mm -hmm. somebody that, that, that may be angry in the house that don't want you there and they and they put the bully up on you and they and they try to bully you and they but they're really not case in point we did a private house investigation in Slidell a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and we identified we found out that the gentleman that owned the house prior was an alcoholic and he did die in the house mm -hmm. and he's in there there's no doubt and he's very aggressive and he's very arrogant but there's also another male spirit we can't identify and there's a little girl mm -hmm. and she likes to talk but she only talks when she's allowed to talk. That old guy steps in and, and, and just shuts everything down. And he took over a couple of us. At one point, there's, there's an actual video of me sitting there and we're asking questions. And they said I was just talking. And I watched the video. It was pretty, just like I'm talking to y'all. All of a sudden, I just stopped talking. I just kind of zoned out. And they said I was sitting there stroking my hair. And Chris goes, Chief, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? Goes, well, which, which, why are you stroking your hair? Man, you stroking my damn hair. Let me alone. What the hell are you talking about? And the next thing I know, I was outside. They made me get up and they walked me outside and I'm like what the hell are we doing outside well, we, how, wait how'd I get what I said then you got to see this all this video of you I was like wow I said that's got to be that old guy just pushing us around Weird. Yeah. but we did actually catch something on one of our uh with the little girl and before I leave here tonight I'm gonna play it for you off my phone mm -hmm. uh there's a device we, we use called a SB7 spirit box what that is is it's a it's a uh it's a it's a it's a radio receiver that just goes through channels as fast as we make it go. So it's, you know, and it's got the little white noise in between. Mm -hmm. So you hit it. Okay. If you catch a voice or a sentence and it's the same voice and it just went over 16 channels, what's mm -hmm. the chance? That's not that's not a DJ station you're picking up. Yeah. That is more likely paranormal. Okay. So we were in that house and we were trying to get the little girl to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. And Chris has a little thing he likes to do now and then, and he likes to throw out nursery rhymes and he likes to hold off to the last word and see if anything comes through. So he said, let's try some nursery rhymes. He said, you ought to know that. And he gets on in, he goes, Mary had a little, and this thing's going, and you hear, lamb, plain as day, okay? 
And of course, we all freaked out. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, that man, check that out. So after everything calmed down, he goes, man, this is good. I feel it. Let's try it again. He says, how about this one? And twinkle, twinkle, little star playing his day. Wow. I'll let you hear that after a while. Wow, that's crazy. And um, what was I going to say? Have you ever encountered any demonic activity? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. It was, uh, we was in a in a house out in the woods in uh, Ponchatoula mm-hmm. uh, that was used as an old hospital. And when I tell you, you had to walk through the woods to get there, you had to walk through the woods to get there. And when we walked in, there was actually a pentagram on the floor with fresh blood. Either we scared them off or we just missed them. Mm-hmm. And it just, a couple of us got scratched. We heard voices saying, get out, don't stay. And like Eddie Murphy did in that movie, nice house, love it here. Too bad we can't stay, baby. I was gone. So I, up the same thing. I'm out. Y'all want to stay? Y'all stay. We, we ended up leaving, letting Jeremy go in there and take a look at it. Yeah. So, but I try to get, I, if I'm doing, and that's part of the interview process, if I'm doing an interview and everything's leading to me on the questions that I'm asking and everything, if anything's leading towards negativity, I don't even go in there to begin with. I yeah. say, you know what? I don't think this is for us. Let me refer you to somebody else. So you just try not to mess with Oh, absolutely. I don't, yeah. Look, I've been married to the devil's sister for 20 years. I don't want to go home with nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and um, something I wanted to ask you about, which is about my cousin's house. Um, what do you make of, like, the, the whole, like, dream situation? That that whole situation is, is just kind of, it's, it's, there's too much that we don't know to yeah. actually comment on that. I, it it, it it could be that that she's trying to reach out that something happened to her and she's trying to make you she's trying to, to, to give you a story mm-hmm. uh, that she, maybe she died in the house maybe she was murdered on the grounds mm-hmm. uh, maybe she's buried there around that around that house or in that house or in the walls and nobody knows about it mm-hmm. that's what I think the dream would more or less lead towards yeah. is hey look I found somebody that I can be susceptible to that, mm-hmm. that that's easy to communicate with and I'm trying to trying to trying to portray a story but most people you know if, if that happened to the average person in the middle of the mm-hmm. night whoa hell with this I'm out of here you know it, if it happened to someone like us we'd probably be like cool yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's get some equipment out and see what shakes loose. Yeah, and um, yeah, and my my cousin Jack is very like, he's very like level-headed, calm. Like you know, wouldn't say something just for a story. Like is very like an honest person. And um, when he was telling me about it, um, he yeah, he like didn't know anything about the story prior to this dream, and it scared him so much that he was like, yeah, telling my aunt about it, and she was like, wait, like describe the girl that you saw, and it was like the same description as what they saw years before. I would think she was trying to relay a message. And what do you think of using spirit boards? Ouija boards? Yeah. Absolutely not. No. No, no, no. no. We don't play with them. That's nothing anybody should ever play with. You don't know what you're fooling with. That's, that's the devil's, that's the devil's, uh, doorstep there. You don't, you don't mess with that. That's, that lets in more negative than anything. And, and Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Somebody pulls out a Ouija board with me. I usually take it from them, smack it over the head. Like, no, don't even, <laughs> don't even, don't even think about it. No, nope, we don't play with that. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, that's understandable. And um, I wanted to ask you also, like, why? What keeps you doing this? Just the thrill of the chase. Yeah. You know, it's just what if I don't go? What if I? Let's do this. Well, no. But what if I miss something? Mm-hmm. And once once the bug bites you, you don't want to. You don't want to stop. Yeah. You know, and then once you once you pick up. Once you go and 
one of these local cemeteries with a digital recorder and you catch a couple of voices and it freaks you out, it's like, I guess it's like doing drugs. And I don't do yeah. drugs, okay? It's like, I'm hooked. I got to have it. I want it. And, yeah. and, and it just makes you where you don't want to stop. Yeah. And how many cases do you deal with, like, per year, would you say? We, on average, you know, it, it comes in spurts. It, sometimes you might go a year or two with nothing and all of a sudden four or five people will pop up. Mm-hmm. And since we've been doing the tours at St. Vincent's, yeah. the getting more publicity out there, it's it's opened up a lot. And people are asking us all the time, so you got to kind of sift through it. I'm getting a lot older. I'm trying to get him to recruit some people. It's time for Chief to retire or just sit on a back burner yeah. and just <laughs> bring some people in. You want to train them, I'll train them up. We'll get them going, and yeah. then I'm going to sit on the side. And that's where I'm kind of headed right now. Yeah. I was doing the tours with him. I said, y'all got it. I can't do it. I said, I, I, I got too much in the fire, too many irons in the fire. I said, I'm even going to step back from residential right now. Yeah. I said, I'm going to come do the podcast, and then <laughs> I'm going to sit in the background, and if something big comes up, yeah, I'll go do it. But, I mean, let's. it's got to be around my schedule, and my schedule's tight, tight, tight. Yeah. And have you ever, like, helped a spirit or anything, like, pass on? We may have done it. We may have done it inadvertently. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to help somebody. Look, I think you're here. I think you need to go to the light. You need to, you need to move on. This is nothing for you here. And, and sometimes people will say that. Hey, they cleared up. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we tell them to try to take control of their house. It's like, look, they're bothering you. You need to tell them, this is my house. I don't live here. You live here. This is my house. I don't want you here. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. And you need to mean it. And, and a lot of times, that works more than anything. Yeah. Uh, coming in with saging and, and holy water and all that stuff. Do you not think it works? I'm a little skeptical of that. Really? Mm-hmm. I really am. Uh I, I don't know how to answer that one for you. I just, I've never really seen it really, really work okay. as good as get out, stay out. You don't belong here. Yeah. So like it, you see it more as like kind of like a temporary fix or like. It might be. It yeah. might be. They might think the sage thinks as much as I do and get the hell out of the house. Okay. <laughs> and then after, after the smoke clears, so to speak, come back in. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I'm, okay. I'm not into the, to the Wicca or the, uh, the voodoo occult and all that. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. I've seen some stuff that they just make you something that didn't mean what was that what was that chicken doing here? it wasn't a minute ago where they come from it, it, it just i don't play with the cult don't yeah. like it and i just want to get facts i wanted to physically see it i want yeah. to physically feel it i want to physically hear it and try to make a educated guess that's all it is is an educated guess as to what we think it is and if it correlates with the story the background story well that's pretty much it yeah and do you ever deal with people who are skeptical of all the time was, my really, wife yeah. doesn't my yeah. wife will sit there and look at that at that ghost hunter show she'll go that's fake that yeah. didn't happen they made that happen yeah. there's no how they get all that in one hour it's like yeah you don't understand that show that they do on tv they might film that same location for six months to get 30 minutes of something yeah i mean sometimes paranormal hunting is paranormal investigations is just like going fishing Yep. Sometimes you catch fish, sometimes you catch a sunburn, mm-hmm. and you don't catch fish. It's a hit and miss. Sometimes yeah. it's active, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And do you believe that, like, to really believe you kind of have to see it and witness it? It's it, You can sit here and tell me this happened in my house, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go, okay. Yeah. I believe you. It's something that happened because you can't understand it. Mm-hmm. But I need to go there and see if I can recreate it and make it happen and see exactly what's going on before I say paranormal. I'm yeah. one of the biggest skeptics. Me, Chris, all of us are like that. We're like, 
make it happen. Yeah. You know, it, if I see it physically happen, there's no there's no doubt about it. We was uh, in Mississippi a couple of months ago at the little red house in Mississippi. Ghost Hunters has been there several times. Very active house. We did an event for the lady. We went up there and people paid tickets to come ghost hunt all night with us. Mm-hmm. And we was up there in the middle of the daytime. I'm talking broad daylight, sitting in the den of the house. And the lady that owns the house, she's sitting like you are. We talking. And I'm looking right at her. And right behind her, the door to the laundry room, the door handle physically goes down and swings open. And there's nobody there. And I'm like, holy shit. Did y'all see that? And I got up and I ran to the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking and I close it. And I'm banging on the wall. I'm saying, open that door upstairs again, trying to make it, recreating it, open the door here, nothing's happening. Man, this is crazy. Walked in, closed the door, looking around, went to go out, and I was locked in. And they had to come physically unlock it and let me back out. So was that paranormal? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. You know, chandelier in the house, they could get it to dim down on command, get it to shut off on command, go back and forth. Wow. Uh, they had a spirit box session going on that the house was built on land that used to be have a plantation on the house in the 1800s uh, around 1850 and the original house burned to the ground and then these people bought the property many years later and built the house on top of it so while this they had the spirit box no they had the ec, they had the echo box going echo box is an app base that you can buy on your phone it's about a 20 dollar app has about 30,000 words in it that you can create on an echo loop and it spits out words all the time but if you start getting it to ask, answer questions two three times in a row that could tend to be more paranormal well they were sitting there people asking questions what's your favorite color and how old are you how many people are here with us and then somebody goes who's the president of the united states and they were all waiting to hear trump they because oh he's gonna say trump and it said something else and i went oh man we got to play that back i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it said ulysses i'm pretty sure and we flipped it back, and sure enough, it said, who's the president? Ulysses. 1849, Ulysses S. Grant was the president of the United States back when that house was originally on that land. Wow, that's creepy. Okay, that's a freaky catch. Yeah. And it blew everybody's mind in that house. Because I'm always, I'm the guy that sits back and just, li- and I tune out everybody, got my eyes closed, and I'm just listening to the equipment. I'm listening to what it's giving me. Chris and them went and did the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum up north. I forget where exactly that's at. I think it's in Pennsylvania. And uh, they were down in one of the cells, and he he had a flashlight. And he had the light flashlight on. And he said, turn that flashlight off. He said, on a count of four, I want you to turn that light off. And he went through one, two, three, four, turn it off. And the light went off. So he showed me that video. He's all excited. Man, you got to check this out. Check this out. Well, I'm sitting there and driving in my truck. Got it on in my stereo. And he had an echo vox going on in the background. And as he was telling, turn it off, I kept hearing, like, wait a minute. What am I hearing? Wait. Holy crap. We got more than you. I went home and I heard it. I put it on the computer and I amped it up and put it in my headphones. And he goes, on a count of four, I want you to turn it off. The echo vox had a woman's voice that said, wait a minute. Male's voice said, you do it. And then the female voice came back and said, turn it off now. And then the light went off. They never heard that. They never picked it up. I'm the one that picked it up and brought it to their attention. So, I mean, look, you can get on our uh, our uh, YouTube channel, Paranormal Society of the Wallens, Paranormal NOLA. Thousands of videos, hundreds of videos that we've done over the years. And uh, you, can, you can enjoy all of it. <laughs> it's just freaky stuff. I, mean, I almost wrecked when I heard that. Oh, this was a good catch. Hold on, man. So... Yeah, and um, 
So lastly, what is your favorite part of your job? What do you love the most about it? I just like meeting people. I'm a people person. Yeah. I like meeting people. But man, look, it, when things start happening, that's like that's like sex to me, okay? That's when things are like, oh, this is great. Doesn't matter if it's better than sex. When, when stuff's happening. But when you start getting voices, start getting knocks, start getting people, something communicating with you intelligently, that's the greatest high in the world. Because then it makes you look. That's proof right there. That's proof. Mm-hmm. Other than the, the only best thing, the only better thing that is they would just physically form in front of us. Which if they did, I think they'd find me with a heart attack right next to it. But it'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for Absolutely. being here. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Good. If you liked this episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like. Also, if you're liking Don't Open the Door, be sure to head to our website, don'topenthedoor.squarespace.com.